Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. visiting with us. We are in the second week of this three-week series entitled In Our Midst. And what we've been doing is we've been kind of walking the road with Jesus as we approach uh, Easter Sunday next week. And I just want to just, just really quick, I really encourage you. The number one reason why people don't go to church is because no one asks them to go. And so what marvelous Sunday, this Easter Sunday, um, for you to have the opportunity to think of a coworker, a friend, a family in your neighborhood, um, that you would personally take an inviter card at the end of the service and just hand it to them and say, hey, if you don't have anywhere to go uh, this Sunday for Easter, we'd love to have you join us. I really want to encourage all of you to do that uh, so that we can see next Sunday uh, a ton of people in here hearing the message of Jesus Christ. And so today we get to continue that story about Jesus. Last week uh, we talked about confrontation and Jesus actually spoke directly about how we're to confront one another and the spirit that you're supposed to confront one another uh, and what the outcome can be if we do it in the right manner. And today we're going to talk briefly about expectations. We're going to talk about the truth is you and I, we all have expectations, don't we? Based on our experience, based on our desires, based on our wants, a lot of times we'll situation, a family situation, and we bring with us a set of expectations that we think should be fulfilled. But you know, Jesus is going to walk into a situation where there's a lot of expectations placed on him. And we're going to see there's a group of people that those expectations are not met. And Jesus has a great lesson for us today in his word about how we're to deal with those expectations. But before we begin, um, in Florida a few years ago, a friend of mine, uh, him, his family, his family, to go to the church on Palm Sunday. And uh, uh, lo and behold, little one, he got sick. As young families, you know the drill. And so mom said, I'll stay home with him. You go ahead and go to church. So dad went to church. He came home. And he walked in the door and he had a palm branch. And, and he went up to the room to be able to give the palm branch to his son because he had, wasn't feeling good. And so son looks up and sees the palm branch and said, Dad, what is that? And he said, well, son, he says, when Jesus, you know, entered in, um, the people got up and they grabbed palm branches and they waved them in the air to celebrate Jesus coming. And he said, shucks, go figure. The first time I miss church, Jesus shows up. <laughs> if you've been in church on Palm Sundays, you've probably heard that joke before, but we figured we would tell it anyway. Um, but the truth is we're going to jump into that scene. We're going to go into that triumphal entry, the time when Jesus is going to be on the Mount of Olives. And if you've ever been to Israel, I'll, I'll be there in a month with a group of people from our church. Um, I've been on that mountain. And, and for those of you who have not been, I just want to give you a perspective. On the Mount of Olives, you look right down onto the city of Jerusalem. You see the temple. At that time, the temple was there. You see the temple. You see where the people are to worship God. And so Jesus is going to be up on this mountain. He's going to cross a very narrow valley. When we say valley, it's not a long journey. You can get down. I've walked the road that Jesus traveled down that we're going to talk about today. You can walk down that road. You can walk across that valley, and you can be in Jerusalem in no time whatsoever. And this is the road that Jesus is going to follow, and he's going to walk into a city. And a lot of us that go to Easter pageants or we see performances or we hear the message, we think and we have an expectation that the people were doing something, waving palm branches and were shouting because they were excited that Jesus Christ is coming in. But today we're going to actually share the truth about what the people actually thought, the context for what they actually believed during that time. And it really speaks to the expectations that we can have as individuals. 
So if you're following with us on the YouVersion Bible app, you can uh, open that up and you'll find our service today. If you have your Bibles, you can look on the screen as well. It's Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 28. Let's pick up the story here. After telling the story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples as he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. He sent two disciples ahead. So Jesus stands on the Mount of Olives and he's there and he sends two disciples ahead. He sends them down to get a colt. If you, if you know biblical history, a colt represented peace. And so he gets a colt and he has them bring up a colt. In fact, if you were in Israel today, you'd find a person actually standing on top of the Mount of Olives with a colt. And for a few shekels, you can have a colt ride down the same road that Jesus went down. True story. And so here he sends the disciples down for a colt. Now this is Passover. And Passover is a season, for those of you who don't know the Bible, the Jewish people celebrate Passover. It takes us back through the Bible to a point in time where the, where the Israelites were enslaved by the Egyptians. And during that time, there was a man by, named by Moses, and Moses went in to help set his people free. But during that time, there were a lot of plagues and a lot of things going on. And during one of the last plagues, God sent a plague called the angel of death. And the angel of death would pass over, that's why they call it Passover, pass over the Egyptian city and taking the lives of the firstborn. And so all of a sudden, the Israelites during this time have to do certain things to protect themselves during this Passover season. And so every year since then, the Jewish people celebrate Passover, the time in which God delivered his people from the enslavement and the bondage of Egypt. Here's one last thing you didn't know, maybe. The road that Jesus was traveling during this time as he walked toward Jerusalem was actually the same road that he was tempted by the devil early on in his life. And so I can imagine Jesus walking down this road, remembering all these experiences, and now he is going to come down and he's going to walk toward a city in which the people are about to welcome him in. Let's pick it up from there. As he rode along, the crowds spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Hosanna! Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. And he replied, If they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. Now, here's the truth. If you've been in churches, you've heard that story. You've kind of seen that. And the Israelites, they gathered along this road. And again, if you were there, you could see how they would easily gather along the sides of the road. They grab palm branches. They wave them in the air. They throw their garments, welcoming a king. But let me give you some context. You see, those individuals weren't necessarily wanting a savior for the cross. You see, in their expectations, they were quite different. They were thinking of someone else. They were thinking of their own personal needs, the place where they lived at that time. And they were wanting this person to be a king on a stallion who would deliver them from bondage. You see, because during that time, there was a place called Rome. And the Romans controlled Jerusalem. And much like the Egyptians, the Jewish people looked at the Romans as their captors. And they wanted someone to come in, to kick Rome out, to deliver them from taxes, to deliver them from the bondage in which they're at, so they could be free 
in the city of Jerusalem. They were wanting a mortal king to come in and change everything. But as we know, Jesus didn't come as a mortal king. He came quite differently, didn't he? So let me just do something here, and I'm just going to do a little bit of role play because I really want you to get into the eyes and the ears and the mindset of the Jewish people during this time. So if you excuse me one second. Have you heard? He's coming. I saw my neighbors and my friends are going up the road and they've got the palm branches and um, I've got some garments and my kids. And um, Are you going to celebrate them too? I, that'd be great. I'm, I'm, I'm really hopeful. I'm really hopeful and I'm ready. I'm ready for this. I've heard a lot of things about this guy. I mean, he, I, I even hear he can do miracles. I mean, it's pretty amazing. He must, he must be anointed by God to be a king. Much like Solomon, much like David, the hand of God must be on this person. Um, and he's going to come. And you've got to understand something. He's going to come and he's going to deliver us. He's going to take us away from these despicable Romans. Oh, and the Pharisees. You know, I, I know I can't talk too loud because if they hear me, they'll just come down on me. But, you know, those religious teachers, they, they think they know everything. But here's the truth. They're in cahoots. They're in cahoots with the Romans. I hear they even take money from the Romans to keep us quiet, to subdue us. So they're just as bad as the Romans. So no, I'm all for this. I'm excited. I can't wait for this guy. I think his name is Jesus. I can't wait for him to come. So I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I've got all my stuff. What stuff? I've got my plans. You see, here's the truth. Since the Romans have been in town and since we've been in bondage, I mean, I'm a hard worker and I've got a family to support. And with these taxes... It's hard to rub two shekels together to make a living. And so when this king comes, I, I, I know exactly what's going to happen. You see, I've lived an honorable life. I'm well-educated. And I know if this king was, if I was able to get an, an entrance to the king and be able to see me, he's going to appoint me to his royal court. And when he appoints me to his royal court, I'm going to be able to provide for my family. I've got it all worked out. I know exactly what's going to happen. My son is going to have an education. My wife, she's going to have the nicest things. Everything is going to be great if this guy would just fulfill what I have in my bag of expectations. What, what about the bag? It's a little different. What? You never heard of the Jerusalem Yanksteins before? I mean, we have a first baseman. He is incredible. His name's Babe Ruthman. You've got to see him. It's incredible. If you don't know baseball, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but that's okay. But in my bag, I've got, I've got plans. And this king, if he would just do what I know we all need, we all have been waiting for him. In fact, my friends are shouting Hosanna. You see, Hosanna was not necessarily, you know, at that time, you've got to understand, Hosanna is not a, a, a phrase that we use specifically to be able to celebrate a king. No, 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 no. It's a statement. It's a bold statement. I know I said it. I said it too. And I'm going to scream it when he comes. And these Romans, they're going to be furious at me. You see, because Hosanna means peace. It means to drive them out. It's a political statement of our time. It's a rally cry for us to get those Romans out. So we're going to shout, Hosanna! Hosanna to the king! Get these Romans out of here. I've got my bag. I am ready. I've got my expectations. And I can't wait for this Jesus to show up. It's going to be incredible. Hosanna. Hosanna to the king.
Let's continue on. But as Jesus came closer to Jerusalem and he saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that you of all people, you of all people, would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. They'll crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize when God visited you. It's a very famous passage of scripture and a lot of us separate that from this moment. But Jesus Christ came up and he sees the people shouting Hosanna. And you gotta understand, if you're not a Christ follower, if you're not a Christian, you gotta understand this. You have to remember this, that God's a lot different than us. He sees the heart. We see action. He actually sees the heart. And so he saw a group of people screaming and shouting. And on one side, the human side, he gets that the people have been oppressed by the Romans. But here's Jesus Christ who is about to walk in close to the cross. And his closest people, his beloved Israelites, his people, all their focus was on him being an earthly king. And all that he's done and all that he spoke about, all that the scriptures have spoken to about his coming, they still didn't get it. You see, those people had expectations. They had their bag of expectations. Jesus, if you would just do what we think is best, it'll be amazing. But Jesus comes into a city and he's going to disappoint them because he's not interested in being an earthly king. He has a far different plan. And I think for us, a lot of times we do that with God. I do that with God. I tell God about my day. I tell God about my plan. I tell God about what I want. And I say, God, let me unpack this for you. You see, in this bag, I've got this plan here. And, and if you would just come alongside my plan, you see, in this bag, I've got some incredible things. I've got some incredible things for my family. I've got incredible things for myself, for my career. And so, God, I just want to tell you, I'm going to pray because it's important to pray. But I'm going to say, all right, God, here's what I need. I need for you to be with me tomorrow at this meeting, and I need to get this job. And then if I get this job, I need this, I need this school for my son. My son has to get in this school because this is the best school for him, and it's perfect for us, God. And, God, if, if we can just move, if we can just go to this location, everything will be better, God. You see, I've got my plans, God, and you've got, you got to know. So let me show you, let me pray to you, and I'm going to show you my plans. And I'm not going to listen to you, God. I mean, that praying is me talking at you. It's not me listening to you. And so you need to understand my expectations. And meanwhile, God might have far different plans for us than what our expectations are. But here's what I do. I take my bag of expectations and I pray, all right, God, fulfill them. And then I go into the experience. And a lot of times my plan is not what God's plan is. And my expectations aren't met. I got two choices at that time. I wish I could say that most of the time I do the right thing and I trust God and I celebrate him in the good and the bad. God, I trust you in this. But in that moment between your expectation and the experience that actually happens, we fill that gap with something. And a lot of times I fill that with disappointment because it's not met. It's not what I want. Sometimes we do that in marriage. When the spouse doesn't meet our expectations, we fill that gap with other things. I'm going to show you this if you're taking notes. 
the only thing that matters in the gap between your expectation and experience is the truth. And so I would challenge you today, if you have a bag of expectations and you're looking at God saying, God, I need, God, I need, God, I need, God, I need, I would ask you this. Do your expectations match up with his truth? Is your desires, your dreams, your wants, the things that you are hopeful for, do they match what God says in his word? Are you on a path to grow closer to him? Or are you focused on your path, your expectation? Because I think today the word for me is, Terry, from time to time you need to let go of your expectations. And you need to trust me. If you just listen to me, no matter what happens, I've got better plans for you. And that was the hope on the triumphal entry, that Jesus would walk into a people that would shout Hosanna and that would say, Jesus, you're God. We don't know your plan yet because you haven't revealed it. We think we have some things, but you know what? It doesn't matter because we trust you. And so we're just here to say, what do you need us to do, God? No matter what. If the Romans are still here, it doesn't matter because you're God and we're your people. It's going to be okay. But the people that day left disappointed because they wanted an earthly king and they got an eternal savior. And Jesus saw it in their hearts. And I I close with this. Jesus Christ came into the city. The people shouted, Hosanna. They walked away. And Jesus went to where he wanted to go, and that was to the temple. And he went to a place where they worship his father. And they walked into the place to where all the people are shouting, yes, we want a king. And he walks into the place where they're supposed to be praying and worshiping his father. Instead of me telling you about it, let me show you. Then Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people selling animals for sacrifices. He said to them, the scriptures, the truth declares that my temple will be a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a den of thieves. Jesus walked into the place. He sees everyone's heart. They have their bag of expectations. They're coming to Jesus with their desires, their wants. And Jesus is looking and hopeful and saying and weeps for his people. I wish that you would get that I have a better plan for you. And if you don't trust me, your life is going to be filled with barrages. You're going to have things come against you. You're going to have difficult time. I wish that you would just grasp that I have a better plan for you. I wish that you would let go of your expectations. And embrace my truth and what I have for you. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Human nature tells us to hang on to what we want and our expectations. But Christ's nature is to have us let go. So the question for you today on this Palm Sunday, as we're about to see Jesus enter in symbolically to our lives, are you hanging on? Or is it time to let go and to trust him that he has all that you need to fulfill every expectation that you desire? Let's pray. Father, in this moment, before we come to your table and celebrate your um, amazing Last Supper, I just pause and I pray for the person who struggles with expectation. God, I ask that you would remind them every single day that you are not only Lord, but you're the Lord of their life. And when we lay down our expectation and we embrace what you have for us, God, 
we can sense your peace. The same peace represented by the colt that you rode on. You want to ride into our lives and deliver a peace of heart in knowing that you're in control and our life can be secure in your hands. So for the person that struggles, for the person that wonders if they're going to make it, for the person who wonders or has lost all hope, I pray that you'd remind them that you are riding into their hearts and reminding them that you are God and they are not. And if they trust you, you've got better plans for them. So Father, today, I pray that you'd bless every family. Meet them at the place of their need, I pray. In Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.